and the accents that went into this episode in particular offended my people. Um, <laughs> so. Captain's Pod, Stardate 12720222.6. Hello and welcome aboard the Starship Enterprise. Thank you for joining us as we take a brief shore leave from the world of cinema sins to explore the universe of Star Trek. I am your Captain Ian Whittington, and with me, as always, is the assimilating ambassador, Danae Hugh. Hello. I will turn you into Borg. Uh, that's racist. And all the Borgs what? are Russian. Oh, no. I'm just playing around with my accents. That's mm-hmm. all. Okay. It is something that's difficult for me because I do like, I like mimicking sounds and accents. And mm. then I'm like, oh, there was one particular day that I was working on like a lisp. And I was just talking with a lisp without thinking about how offensive that is. Appropriating someone pe- else's. Um, right. Because yeah. I wasn't doing that. I'm just experimenting yeah. with like, oh, that's an interesting sound that it, if I say the word this way. Yeah. So, but it's hard because people don't know your intentions always. It's so true. thanks for reminding me that I'm a terrible person on accident. Oh, hey, it's so easy. It comes up regularly, like all the time. Yeah. Speaking it's of, hard to work with me. It is. But we do it anyway. So many of us choose to do it. It's amazing. Speaking of horrible people, the horrible people at Paramount have given us a end date for Picard. So we will definitely be getting three seasons of Picard, and then it is going to completely finish. Um, now that we're kind of getting towards the back end of season one, how does that make you feel about knowing this is a finite arc and there are... Um, I think it's going to be... I think it's another 10 episodes. So there'll be 20 episodes once we finish season one. I think it's expected, mm-hmm. right? Like the show is called Picard. It's not called Rios. Oh, it should be. I want it to be. But if it was Rios, then it's like, oh, we have more we can do here. But this is a Picard show. Yeah. And, you know, Mr. Our, our, our beloved Sir Patrick Stewart can't keep going forever. He's 81. And honestly, when... When things have an end, like when shows like this have an end, I feel a little bit better about it because mm-hmm. I like that they have a plan or I'll that totally they're going agree. to tie either tie things up or try to put the content where they want it to be on the shelf. Mm-hmm. So, you know, they there's several ways to end things. You can put a bow on it where you tell the audience exactly what happens and then they kind of well, that's what happens mm-hmm. and then sometimes they leave the open-ended story where we get to kind of create our own ending so i'll be curious to see what they do with everyone's story but i feel like because this is the show picard mm-hmm. it will come to an end i don't know if it's going to be an end of him walking off into the sunset of a planet somewhere or in a spaceship somewhere like are mm. we gonna see sort of a um are we going to see a funeral? Are they going oh, to no! actually put, are they going to put the captain to rest? Perhaps. You know, like, so it's kind of, yeah. are they going to give us exactly what happens? Or are they going to let the audience sort of choose our own ending for Picard based on what we feel? And that'll be something interesting to see. And it's, it sucks for a lot of reasons because Picard, the character is something that, you know, I love, mm-hmm. but I do get to kind of rest a little bit knowing that there's an end to it and it's not just going to be something that they go back and mine for over yeah, and over and over again like it. without a purpose yeah. I, I would like for some content that i really care about to be very purposeful it really sounds like it will be as well it sounds like they they have a plan for the next two seasons and it will be one one overarching story and i think because they know it's the end they'll put a nice little bow in it and he'll either end up on chateau picard or 
he'll, yeah, maybe he will have a peaceful passing. I don't think it's going to be a big dramatic self-sacrifice thing like Nemesis was with Data when he, he literally like jumps into an engine to save Picard. Um, I think they'll give Picard a, a peaceful ending and wrap up of some description but mm-hmm. yeah it'll be it'll be interesting to see where where it where it goes in a morbid way i don't this i feel kind of strange saying this but in a morbid way i would think that they would have already filmed some stuff with sir patrick stewart oh it's nearly done yeah so they've nearly yeah. finished filming um both okay. seasons because they have to they have to have probably started with the end in mind too in a mm-hmm. way because since he is elderly yeah if he were to pass, they probably want to have some specific footage mm-hmm. ready to go. So, Absolutely. So, yeah, I think it kind of gives me, I don't know, it's sad, but it's sad for the right reasons. I'm glad it's happened, to be honest. Like, I never expected to get a Picard TV show. Like, that was... Right? If you'd have even said that five years ago, that would have been a ridiculous, mm-hmm. a ridiculous thing, because that was before Star Trek had come back to TV at all. Um, and they're doing so, yeah. it during a pandemic, too, so... It's insane. It's insane what they're doing. We're like blessed of the, you know, creator gods that we get to yeah. watch something like this. Mm-hmm. It's good stuff. Speaking of watching good stuff this week, we will be watching episode eight um, of Star Trek Picard, which is Broken Pieces. Now, that doesn't give you a lot to go on other than, oh, are we going to perhaps find out some stuff? Broken Pieces has a lot of weight to it, doesn't it? Broken Pieces is... Like it's it's multiple meanings in my mind. Immediately think about the intro to this mm-hmm. show, which has like the breaking pieces of like Picard, and they all kind of come back together. Mm-hmm. Uh, it makes me think about Soji's broken pieces of her body that she saw in her memory, mm-hmm. and we know that they're trying to go to like Homeworld. So I'm guessing we're going to be getting to Soji's Homeworld in this one and seeing broken pieces of androids. And everyone, to some extent, is broken. Like, Rios has got a history that we're not being told about um, with his dead captain. Rafi is 100% broken pieces. So, yeah, it's... um. When I, I remember when I saw this episode title, I was like, oh, man, let's 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 get ready for some deep shit. But, um, yeah, interesting, interesting prediction. Cool. Well, with that, we'll see you guys for a full debrief in 10 Forward after we have watched episode 8 of Star Trek Picard. Computer 2 to beam to 10 Forward. Welcome to 10 Forward, the part of the show where we grab a drink from the replicator and share our immediate thoughts and feelings on the episode we just watched. Ambassador, what is your drink of choice? I am so predictable. Um, Is it a coffee again? Not a glass of burgundy? No, I didn't get a glass of burgundy, although watching this episode made me want to have a glass of burgundy Uh a couple of times. Yeah. Uh, Water and a cinnamon girl latte again for me. Oh, nice. Very nice. Um, I am sipping a cup of tea. Um, What? Not very exciting. An English cup of tea? Oh, cool, blimey, Gov. And the accents that went into this episode in particular offended my people. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so, last episode, we left uh, Picard and Soji were leaving Nepenthe after a brief and pointless respite with the Troys, <laughs> uh, the Riker Troys. Yeah. Um, when devastating truth behind the Mars attacks are revealed... Picard realises just how far many will go to preserve their secrets. As Nerissa directs her guards to capture the XBs and Elnor, 
a familiar face returns to take over the cube, baby. Seven of nine. <laughs> so, yeah. overall impressions of the episode. Overall impressions of the episode. Yes. Okay, okay, okay. Because I know we're going to go through the the episode we'll go today. Some, some bits, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. the scenes, the the big scenes. So I'll save like my specific thoughts for that. Yeah. Overall, I loved it. Yay! Woo! Yeah, I'm every week. I think there's only been maybe one or two episodes that I was like, ah! and then we're really early on when it was yeah. incredibly deeply expositional. Before we even knew the world we were playing in, like they were mm-hmm. describing so, so much and giving so much information. Yeah. And I, I like the depth that they've been weaving. I think it's impressive mm. to a certain degree, but I haven't, I didn't, it's not that I didn't enjoy them. It's just like, ooh, that was hard to chew more than it was like, wow, what a, what a trash fire. <laughs> it's like getting all of the rules of poker in five minutes and then expecting to play poker. I was like, why well, do you know what any of right. these words mean? First episode explaining poker. Second episode explaining how to sit the table. Third epi- <laughs> episode explaining the, uh, you know, how to interact with fellow players, you yes. know. And then you finally get to play. <laughs> and then you're really grateful for the first, second, and third episode. Yeah. Because, like, all of these names are familiar to me now. Mm-hmm. I've heard them enough. And obviously, because they're doing so much world building, it's nice to hear those words a lot. As mm-hmm. you know... <laughs> Uh-huh. Because some people, when they watch, don't remember basic names from episode <laughs> to episode. This is why um, I'm here yeah. as your guide. But yeah, it seems like we're like we're kicking off. We're heading towards some some stuff. Mm-hmm. The exposition dumps now are like ah, uh, there it is. That you makes know, like sense. in this particular one, learning really strongly some of the like the the lore of the Romulans, the Zatvash, and mm. why that they're doing what they're doing, and like this interesting ritual stuff. So. It's such a relief to actually get some answers. So overall, this episode is about kind of answering the big questions so that the two finales, which are basically a feature-length episode, can concentrate on resolution and some fun stuff without leaving a lot of questions hanging in the air. So that makes I think sense. that might be a good way to, to attack it, actually. So we'll start with the admonition. Was that a satisfying kind of resolution to that? So the, the idea is that the Zatvash were created after the Tal Shiar, the secret police of the Romulans, found a warning from an ancient alien civilization that said, hey, if you keep building robots and AI, eventually they this will evolve to a point where it will destroy, they will destroy the entire universe um, and just self-replicate. Was it satisfying for you? <sighs> Yes, it's satisfying to me. It was a little bit like so we're right at the very the the very top of the episode, the the beginning, and it's just another like a storehouse of preserved memories that showed the grim fate of the civilization that perished here fourteen years ago. A mighty race that left behind the object, warning of the horror and annihilation of the skies. It's just like okay, <laughs> oh, wow, we this are. is it. So so it wasn't oh you know who are these interesting people dressed in black? It's like oh shit, <laughs> an entire book. Is yes. just being read to us right now. <laughs> that is how we start off every episode of Picard, apparently, is just an, 14 years a ago. Really oh, yeah. important thing that happened 14 years ago. Well, and this episode actually started even with a lot of one of the most action packed previously on sections mm-hmm. as well, because it hit on every single person to a certain degree. Mm. And so it was like, it wasn't like a slower pace previously on, it was a packed previously on. So to go to that into this, really heavy understanding of 
what what this did and i think it, the reason i think it's satisfactory is it, it shows why mm-hmm. this group this really passionate group of that wants to annihilate uh synthetic life like why they're so passionate about mm-hmm. it why they believe it so strongly it's not just like uh, lore passed down from one person to the other they're doing this ritual um that shows them things and messes with their mind in such a way that they're passion their drive or whatever is like madness yeah so that's why another reason why i find it satisfactory is because to me it's like a believable possibility that there's this ancient race that came up with something so powerful that they could store memories as a warning it's a a really interesting concept i don't mind it i do think that this episode should have had a suicide warning though because suicide comes up so much in this episode i really feel like uh, i don't know it's prevalent through the entire thing there's Mm -hmm. The people it's at the beginning so commit suicide. Yeah. They commit suicide by shooting themselves in, through the mouth, bashing themselves in the head. Yeah. Um. Uh. What's the girl? Uh, Agnes. She talks about being comforted by so- thoughts of suicide. Ugh. The captain uh, that they talk about <sighs> committed suicide. Captain. Yeah. It's it's really heavy in this one, and I just I I really hope when it aired or however it aired that there was something for the audience to prepare themselves for the depth of chaos of this one because it's really really heavy. Yeah, not in the UK there wasn't, um, because this was just on Amazon Prime, and I'm sure that's how it came out in um, America as well. Because just like Paramount no Plus warning whatsoever, yeah, no warning. It's just Crazy. hey, this is heavy. Yeah. Um, no, totally agree. I wish it had as well. Um, but yeah, I'm really glad with the way that they actually showed us what happened as well. The red-headed Borgulan, we get to see her and we get to wrap up her story as well. So she is part of the, the Zartvash and was a- accidentally assimilated by... Well, not accidentally, deliberately assimilated by a Borg cube. I didn't um, like I didn't like what they said. Like when they were, she was talking to her aunt, like what, what's the yeah. Romulan girl's name, the sister? Uh, Nerissa. Nerissa, yeah. when she said something like, you broke the Borg cube with mm-hmm. your grief? So I think I was, she was being a I bit like, dramatic. Uh, it's more likely that the... That better not be the only explanation that we're ever given, is what I'm saying. Don't don't look at me like that. Don't. Ugh. So the... I think if... No. There's kind of like <laughs> a spectrum. So you kind of immediately bash your own head in with a rock at one end of the spectrum and then at the other end is right this is the mission for the rest of my life i'm gonna kill all of the um ai like, that i right, can right the redheaded and i'm really sorry i can't remember her name but the redheaded borgulan romulan lady she mm-hmm. ended up somewhere in the middle so she didn't kill herself she didn't she wasn't clear enough to be on the mission she just lost her cookie. mind mm-hmm. and then the borg this cube shortly assimilated her after that and her insanity drove them insane I don't believe that for a fucking second. Okay, that okay. is the that is a throwaway. That is a disappointment, yep. and that is a sin on the show. Sin. I don't know if I'll remember it in our ever since this is futile. Yeah, but if I don't, you know, just hit it right now. That's yep. bullshit. It's you can't tricky. tell you can't tell me that in the history of the Borg. I'm sorry, we're doing this now. <laughs> you can't tell me that there hasn't been a person or whatever that's been assimilated that has had a broken mind filled with grief. Mm-hmm. So, like, but this is a very specific one because I know, this is it's something about the future left by and an ancient blah, blah, civilization, blah, blah. and blah blah blah. It's some kind of. It could be a mental virus. It could be something that was then passed on to the board because they they assimilate everything. So I don't have too much of a problem with it. Um, but yeah, I thought that was really satisfying as well. I liked the admonition. I liked um the logic behind all of that. 
So where else do we... I think we jump after that into Rios having an extremely um, visceral reaction to Soji's reaction when she beams aboard um, and he checks out. He's just like, right, set a course for Starbase, Starbase 12. I'll drop you off there and then I'm checking out, Captain. I'm gone. See you later. Which leads us into... <laughs> Raffi speaking to all of the holograms and holograms assemble. <laughs> I feel like this is an episode you've been waiting for for a long time. Oh, it is. 100%. I love, love, love this episode. Now, the tone, the shifting tone between the Borg Cube, the admonition stuff and the funny holograms is a bit jarring, but I love the Rios holograms. I think it's nice to try to couple, you know, a depth and seriousness with comedy i think that's mm. a it's a normal kind of storytelling thing where you don't want to like blast yeah. your audience too much and i understand that this was a unique thing i think having seen these different characters peppered in to the show so far to bring them all together is something that everybody sort of was wanting to so see much fun. yeah um so i didn't mind it at all in fact there's that that moment when they all like hit the side of their head at it's the same so time and they kind of make the same motion <laughs> at the exact same time it's so i thought good. that was brilliant and fun so yeah, how synchronized they are is so fun. Um, yeah, it was interesting to to choose to have a background connection for Rios to Soji. That mm -hmm. was unexpected. Yes. And that's kind of a fun thing to experience. I mean, it's definitely a fun plot tie. Mm. Um, you know, when you think about all the ways, like we're talking about this, his, he talks about his captain, uh, that he really, what was mm -hmm. the captain's name? Captain. Oh, you've got Vander me now. Vandermeer. Vandermeer. Um, when he's talking about Captain Vandermeer, I, I was thinking like, why couldn't it have been the captain from the previous episode and they could have tied those two together somehow? <laughs> so yeah, I, I that's think, a good point. <laughs> I think the plot tying yes. together is always a fun option. Sometimes yeah. it's just too much. This one is interesting to do uh, and I think it was smart. It's it's a it's a fine thing because it gives Rios's background a little bit more validity and it also mm -hmm. ties him to Soji in an interesting way because he's met her before yeah um so yeah that was a really interesting thing but anyways all of the characters together was fun for me i didn't understand some of what multiple of them were saying <laughs> me neither the scottish one i don't think that was even real scottish slang like he just kept saying like a lot of stuff and Raffi's like that's not even a language <laughs> Do you know what it reminds me of? Okay, so here's like a little like history of Ian and Danae. So uh -huh. um, Ian invited me to join his role-playing friends group with his D&D <laughs> campaign. And yeah. so I got introduced to his role-play buddies, uh, which is a lot of fun. So, um, and a couple of them are in Ireland. Mm -hmm. And uh, we, we got to talking about accents one day and they shared a video in our group chat. I think it was of a Scotsman who was describing the weather that day. Yeah. I watched this video eight, 15 times because I could mm -hmm. not understand anything. But what was fun is that like Albie could. Albie just like instantly knew what was being spoken. Yeah, that was, um, it was about um, one Irish comedian was, was Irish describing, comedian? yeah, they were Irish. It was an Irish oh, okay, comedian okay. that was describing something that had happened with the police at a news agents, but did yes! it in like really fast like colloquial local Irish slang. Totally local slang. And the other comedian slang. just like translated it immediately. But the rest of us are like, what? What, <laughs> what happened so, there? But anyway, I really enjoyed it because it's clear that they, they themselves are having fun. And watching the actor who plays Rios interact mm -hmm. with himself 
was really delightful. It's also, great. I felt like Rafi in this scene is really coming into her character for me because mm-hmm. she's played the different elements of her character, the brokenness and the paranoia and then this broken mother. And now she's kind of pulling herself together in a mm-hmm. way. It's almost like when she sees someone else broken, she steps into her power a little bit, which oh, is great. Sure. Yeah. But seeing her interact with all those characters and just her, the way that she delivered some of her lines was really humorous and I loved it. Oh, she, yeah. I think she's really coming into herself as well. I'm totally she's agree. on the hunt for a great mystery she's been trying to solve for a long time. And, and this is the closest she's coming to it. And it just mm-hmm. happens to be linked to Rios as well. So she figures yeah. out that the the conclave of eight that she's been trying yeah. to track down is actually a group of eight stars. And that that is such an unlikely event that it has to be man-made um, man, or person-made or, or alien-made. It's artificial. Made, yeah, being, and it's, yeah, artificial. Sometimes. The only reason you do that is to say, Oi, over here, look at this planet. <laughs> Um, and just or got, a warning. Yeah, is it either or, to brag or a warning? Yeah, to brag or a warning. Well, either way, mm-hmm. the, the bragging is kind of like, hey, look at this warning right here. Look at that. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, you know what? And I guarantee they used robots and AI to make the stars as well. So <laughs> there's no way they did it on their own. Man, that's the thing about them introducing this idea of this artificial star system. Mm. Um I instantly want to know how it was created, and I don't oh, know if man. they're going to ever answer that question. But in I would my head, love I want to, to see know. all the pieces moving. And like, I know one of my favorite episodes of the Next Generation is about a thing called a Dyson sphere, which is basically they put a metal shell around a star, and then on the internal perimeter or circumference of the the sphere, you have a civilization. And because all of the star's energy is captured inside this massive sphere, you have an unlimited amount of energy. Power. And it's mm. just the size of it. Like, this is the size of the Earth's orbit around the sun. That's been built. It's like, oh, man, those feats of engineering are so, so cool. And that's the bits of Star Trek that are really fun to think about. Like, thousands yeah. of years from now, what could we build? What could we do? Mm-hmm. I think that's one thing I love about Star Trek is seeing how they reinvent uh, technology. Yeah, and, and like for example, in this uh, in this episode, once again, we get to see uh, Rios power his ship, mm. and as he was doing it with his hand kind of out, like just sort of zooming his hand yeah. out into the air to manage the ship, it reminded me of a kid playing with a toy ship. Like yeah. it kind of has that same feel. Like if you were to pick up your, you know, one of the things that you have in the background of your room right now, one, one of, of your um, one, one of, of your ships, and just kind of fly it around. Yeah. That's what it looks like for Rios to actually pilot his oh, actual starship. Wait, let me just grab my let me just grab my La Serena. And here we go. <laughs> I wish this was visual was such right a now. Child. Yep. But it's, um, it has that kind of nice yes, thing. And the other thing that was interesting about this episode when, uh, regarding technology was seeing all of the uh, Rios AIs when access information mm. in their eyes. I thought that was, that was a really cool way to, you know, visually see that they're accessing a cortex. Mm. We also got to see something else that was interesting in someone else's eyes on this episode, too, which we'll get to in a second. Oh, yeah, we will. Um, So we got the... I didn't realize how rarely Rios's backstory is referred to, considering how integral it is to, to what's him. going on. Um, mm-hmm. we It only gets peppered in a little bit, and it's in the previously on for this episode, so obviously, you mm-hmm. know, it's going to come full circle, yeah. but... For me, I loved seeing him 
like in his quarters, unpack his Starfleet box, and it had his uniform in it, his pips, his little communicator. Um, and yeah, we basically find out that they, his old ship, ten, uh, seven, eight years ago, picked up two Soji-like um, androids, them up. synthetics. Yeah, so they it wasn't them up. No, it wasn't because they were killed. So, so this was my this was what confused me. Okay, is if they were killed, so that means that Maddox was just pumping out multiple versions. So yeah. he didn't just make two; he made multiples. So we know that he made four because t- these two were picked up for whatever reason. Commodore- That's some bullshit. Sorry. Okay. <laughs> I was really excited. Is futile. I really got excited about the possibility that they were like killed and like because he said he jettisoned them out the hatch. So then my oh, idea yeah. was like they got picked back up. Oh no, he fixed. shot them. He like No, I know, but they can be fixed. Oh, true. Yeah. Right. So then true. my idea was that they're the same. When she said, "How do I know that I like that?" I thought that she was actually Jana, that Soji is Jana. The only time that that got confusing for me is at the end when she said, "Do it for Jana," as if Jana was another person, mm-hmm. which makes sense if there were four of them, which makes me feel a little bit like I, just, I don't know, I just don't like that as much. No, I like I my it. version a little bit better where no, they're that, jettisoned out and discovered and then like fixed or some shit. Yeah, and then dumped on the ball cube. I yeah, I get what you mean. Um they definitely lean into like quantum tunneling, so like two things are paired regardless of distance so she shares the memories of Jana because they're all made from the same neuron like that's what they're getting at but the neuron was data's first it wasn't Uh theirs so it wasn't data's memory oh it doesn't make any sense like it's leaning on quantum fuzziness a lot it's dumb yeah it would have been better (laughs) it would If they got jettisoned out and they had like these little homing devices and Maddox went out and picked them up, fixed them and sent them back out and said, you know what? I can't put them on a ship like this because that didn't work. (laughs) So I'm going to send one to the Bourne Cube (laughs) and I'm sending one to Earth or whatever. Mm -hmm. And because he sent them out to to go find things. Just to me, I I thought that it would be more interesting. Anyway, I'm moving on from that. I don't want to spend the next 25 minutes talking (laughs) about how I could have done it better. (laughs) Um, I get it. I like it. But yeah, we find out that Rios, um, Rios's captain, who he was extremely close to, had a directive from Commodore Rowe that you got to kill these yeah. two, vent them, or we will just straight up blow up your ship. Yeah, heavy stuff. Onto the Borg cube. Seven of nine to the rescue. So Elnor gets a little bit of time in the sun where he gets to kick all of the butt until he is overwhelmed. And seven of nine appears from nowhere. We're not going to question how she gets <laughs> onto the cube, but she gets there. It's like you, the whoever wrote the episode is like, we have seven and a half minutes to spend on the ball cube. We need to use these minutes extremely wisely. So it's no messing about. Let's get no. Seven to do the cool stuff as quickly as possible. Um, did you did you like her sudden return? Did you like the literal ex machina that is Seven of Nine coming in to save the day? There's some things about the arrival of heroes that's always a little frustrating, you know, because it's yeah. like we don't get to see the story of how they got to where they were. Similar to how Elnor showed up to save Picard in the previous mm-hmm. time, two episodes ago maybe, where yeah. he just beams over Hello. and magically finds him in a Borg cube that is the size of a planet. You know, it's just... Oh, yeah, it's huge. Yeah, okay, Maybe a small planet, but still, you know. Um, so those are the kinds of things that I just am like, yeah, whatever. But, you know, we knew she was coming. I'm surprised she's alone, mm-hmm. but that's fine. Mm-hmm. And then we're just like going into 
Oh, and I said it before it happened. Like, here comes the queen. Like, yeah, here she is. Here <laughs> Here's she is. my boy queen. Mm-hmm. So that was really, really cool. I, I absolutely loved that. Like, there's, there's a cool little exchange where Seven of Nine is like, I've got to choose to reassimilate all of the Borg, make them do what I want them to do, and kind of become the thing that I hate so much. Where it became disappointing, and we'll do this more in Resistance's futile, is that uh, you never get to see it. The Borg just get vented. Um, so yeah. for me, it was a little bit anticlimactic. Um, like but was, some some still were able to come to the rescue. Just the XPs that were already but it was walking just around. The XPs and somehow they yeah. knew. I don't know. Well, they're still connected to the collective in some way. So Seven was still controlling them. Um, but yeah, it was really cool to see seven get jacked in and hooked up and we are the borg oh that was so cool her eyes turning black and then like the the chip element of her eyes kind of coming in and they did a really good job you know looking back on the episode where they showed all of the the ways that her body has been modified to Mm -hmm. remind us that she still has all these implants in her even though she looks very human she's very much still machine Mm. and so when the you know queen device is activated and she's like all right plug me in Mm. the thing that's interesting to me is even though this borg cube has been separated from the hive i do you think that she's connected to the hive in that moment so she says she kind of like in her own little individual bubble yeah so she says that she's creating a mini collective so i think she's i heard her say that but i wasn't sure I think a lot of the whizzing around that she was doing was Mm -hmm. isolating that. Although it wouldn't surprise me if later on in a different series we get, oh, hey, that sent a signal and the Borg wanted to come and rescue it or whatever. They can do whatever they want. She did say at the very end that she still has work to do as if it was a different person. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So there is, I think there is this idea that her as the collective is a different person to Annika, which is her obviously human name. Yeah, so I when that was said, when when the queen kind of said that Annika still has work to do, mm. my initial thought was, oh, I think that she was connected to the actual queen at this moment, and the actual queen let her go mm-hmm. because she was also worried, you know, whenever she was connected in, that she wouldn't be able to come back out. Yeah, we'll whack that into the predictions. I think that's that's a fair one. Um, I just wish we'd had more time of it. I really do. Um, I loved the drama of that. I loved the Romulans, the ships turning up the Romulan bad guy music as well bum 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 <laughs> see I missed me. that I because it. I forgot that that was the music so that's oh, cool so good I think if you that's watched fun. if you watch the series again you wouldn't be able to unhear the the Romulan theme popping up again so so yeah good. it it was it was an important moment to shift what's happening on the Borg cube we're kind of saying goodbye to Hugh we're saying goodbye to this you know, this interesting sideline and then mm-hmm. we have this takeover. And of course I've got predictions for what's gonna happen with that too. But it was a it was an interesting scene and it was also interesting to see Elnor like kind of be afraid of what he had just witnessed, which oh, for sure. let's be honest, it would be terrifying. <laughs> I love his little So are you so gonna assimilate me now? It's like yeah. he's read about it in a book, but he's so naive that he just, he doesn't know what that is and how terrifying being assimilated would be. He's almost curious. He's like, like a child. He's a deadly, murderous child. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. He's <laughs> yeah. a murder child. Like, I kind of want, to, I want some of the assimilation stuff. Mm-hmm. So yeah, again, love more time there, but it was it, it was fine. It did what it needed to do. It, it did what it needed to do. 
Yeah, but it's nice to actually feel that in a show. And that's Mm -hmm. kind of for me even two times of going, ooh, I want to see how this eight star system works. And ooh, I want to see this Borg Romulan situation go longer. And when you're watching an hour long show and you want to say, you know what, I would give 20 minutes for this scene. You know that they're doing it right. Because there is something to the saying of leave them wanting more. There is something Mm -hmm. to that where you don't, you're not, you're not giving them everything. Um, and in this case, like that's exactly one of the scenes that I would have, I would have loved to have seen just a big old battle between yes. Borg and Romulan. That'd have been fucking cool. Yeah. I was done. Right. That's my biggest resistance is futile. So I'm going to, oh, I'm going to pause okay. there. I do. Um, before we move on from the Borg mm-hmm. cube though, I do want to say that watching the Borg cube begin to fix itself was oh, fucking so rad. Cool. It's really strange to be like, yeah, Borg, woo. Uh-huh, because the bigger <laughs> bad guy is the Romulans. Like, these are Borg that we're actually rooting for. Although, for me, I was like, you do not want to allow that ship to repair itself. I don't care how isolated it is. Do not fix the Borg cube. This is this is exactly, I, there's such a conflict inside of me, like, this is a rat. Also, no. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> like, <laughs> please stop. Please stop. But also, cool. But also, this don't is stop. Please carry on. <laughs> yeah. I mean, Nerissa gets really mustache twirly in this. And this, what I've noticed on this run through is that Nerissa's a bit annoying. Like, she's a oh, bit. Oh, yeah. She's a a bit over the top. Well, she's top. a narcissist, just like yeah. her name insi- insinuates, right? Yeah, she totally is. I would have made a better Borg than you. Resistance is futile. Well, you might be one now well, because exactly. you were captured, so. Oh, no, she beamed out. Oh, that's right. She yeah. beamed out. But in that and moment, I was like, yeah, you're going to be Borg now. Yeah, fuck you. Also, I'm really sorry you're getting assimilated. That's terrible. I know. but You mentioned it just briefly, but I want to make sure that I really take a second to appreciate that there was that moment where seven was like i don't like you want me to turn them into slaves and there's mm-hmm. part of it that's just like i think i might want to do that I but i, I want don't want to do that, do that. Uh-huh. what a really interesting struggle so so when narissa got captured i was like oh maybe she's gonna turn her into it like and i was like what am i doing <laughs> this is bad <laughs> no you don't want that um and yeah. i love how seven comes to terms with it it's only when the lights keep disappearing and she's like look they're dead anyway they, I, this is for their own I good. I might as well control like, them. I might as well control them and do some good with it. Yeah, I might as well use these inevitably dead things to my yeah. advantage. Let's use the metal meat sacks to <laughs> kill some Romulans before they get vented into ice cubes. Yeah. Yeah. So the the other big thing we hit on is Soji bonding with pretty much everyone. So Agnes gets exposed as the Tal Shiar Zatvash spy, the semi-spy that she is, she's been brainwashed, essentially. Um, and Agnes bonds with Soji. She gets her time to say, oh my god, you're what we've been working towards. You have freckles, you eat, you drink, you wee, you do all of the things that we question whether robots should be able to do them. Um, and it's that paid off for me. I thought that was really satisfying. Did you, did you like that? Um, not reunion, but... Meetup, I, I think that it's it's nice to see Agnes have such a huge part of her desire as a scientist mm. revealed. Like her greatest, you know, experiment of her lifetime and maybe even lifetime of history, like in, in history that she mm. got to be a part of, that she gets to see it. And the idea here is that she sees this 
being and it cha- it changes her mind again in a way i think is what they want to go for which mm-hmm. is understandable because you know soji is just this fantastic creation yeah um so yeah i think it was okay i think it i think it satisfied like okay she gets to see it because it's one of the lingering questions is will she ever get to actually see soji yeah. knowing how dangerous her meeting soji would potentially be yeah i i also again am really impressed with the actress she's got this quivering chin thing down to a science <laughs> yeah um, she does she can cry which, on cue yeah the intensity that she's really emoting the emotion i, I am like captured by it yeah uh, so sincere isn't it? it yeah she's really conveying just the depth of um, th- there's a lot of really great acting in picard mm-hmm. that i'm really really impressed with uh just you know little little character quirks and agnes has many of them because mm. she started off really kind of innocent and demure and then she's turned into something deadly and now she's trying to kind of recapture that innocence i think that there's a couple of things about her character development that are like okay you know that's a jump yeah i've got one of them in this instance i i might too mm. but uh overall i think it's nice to see that she got to have an interaction with soji and ask questions and, and actually marvel at soji yeah. the only thing that i feel is a little bit it could have been a little bit too long i think it was actually maybe just the perfect length because we've seen soji this whole time so mm-hmm. we the viewer are like yeah we know all this stuff already yeah so we have to be invested in uh agnes seeing it for mm-hmm. the first time and we're conflicted about agnes so yeah. it's just a really interesting scene where i was super super into it and also like i hope this doesn't last long because yeah we've done this. there's so much emotion coming out of agnes right now that i kind of needed to stop and then <laughs> and also yeah fucking soji's rad she's got moles and shit let's move on yeah let's <laughs> so, do it we know you do you need that to kind of buy that there's any chance that agnes isn't going to kill her like she needs to be overwhelmed by how amazing soji is so i get it and yeah. I, I did think they found the right balance um i did too and i also like that soji got to say like i know that you're gonna kill me and yes. i'm not gonna give you a chance to i was like fuck oh, yeah soji because yes. i need i kind of want to see what sort of a power creature she becomes because yeah. right now she is that palpable avatar of a female for mm-hmm. me where she's played off as innocent sometimes and she's played off as powerful sometimes and she's confused but she's <laughs> yeah. so it's like okay what kind of a heroine am i watching come to life in front of mm. me what are the what are the writers going to make soji become and mm. when you have a powerful female character like this i'm hoping to see some traits that i would want other young girls to see and be like mm-hmm. i want to be like that because when you have a powerful a powerful character like soji it you have a, a storytelling device that can impact culture and oh, so sure. I'm looking at Soji, who is beautiful, intelligent, fully capable of handling herself, and likely going to be deciding the fate of the future of mankind. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm sure that they're going to be putting in, you know, the telltale Star Trek, you know, things. But like, I, I really am curious. Then they did something really powerful in this. I don't know if you if you clocked it, but there's a moment when they get on the ship and Picard is telling her you have to trust me i know that sucks mm. uh and i was like i like how he said that that was respectful and yeah. then he turns around to guide her into the next area and something that happens all the time in media just watch mm-hmm. all the time is dudes reach out and guide women in a direction yeah. don't fucking touch me i know how to walk <laughs> right and if i don't want to go that way i want but you know what picard did mm. he didn't touch her nope 
he had this nice buffer zone of like, this is the direction I want you to go, but I'm not going to make you go that way. Uh And I don't know if that was intentional direction from the director or if that was Sir Patrick Stewart just fucking slaying. But I really loved, I wrote it down. I was like, thank you for not grabbing her wrist when you want her attention, which happens all the time in Mm -hmm. media, or grabbing the woman and turning her around so she's facing the direction you want her to face. Like, thank you for letting the woman just decide where she wants to go. And the director is a female director, so that kind of yes. makes sense as well. Um, but I would Don't love to think touch that it's... Her. Sorry, I get really passionate about that. It's weird. It's weird. I've never met a guy that I've been like, hey, has anyone ever physically picked you up and moved you into oh. a different direction before? Because oh, it's happened me to me in my lifetime multiple times yeah. where people really actually feel like they have a right to move <sighs> me. Move so, the so. Yeah, so for this like palpable, like, mm. you know, Soji is becoming this thing and men can influence her and people can influence her, whatever. People of power can influence her. It's really interesting to see how they decide to let Soji be Soji. Yeah, totally. Okay, there's my little rant there. I love it. No, it's great. <laughs> and I, I absolutely hope that Patrick Stewart had something to do with it as well. But yeah. I do too. Yeah. No, we might never know, but probably it's an not. interesting kind of moment. Yeah. yeah, it's good shit. And I love that she's getting more to do and just takes over the ship and just like please don't she take does. over my ship yeah she steps up to agnes <laughs> and she's enough. like i know you're gonna kill me or try to but i have something to say about that and i'm like yeah that's good and so there's yeah. just these nice little character th- this is a good episode to show character development mm, and that's totally. what the pieces were about right and when she put um, when she punches through the table and everyone's just like <laughs> oh shit what's gonna happen is she gonna like punch through mm-hmm. the ship like there's mm-hmm. always that potential of she is powerful so it's yeah it's it's fun not yeah. knowing where that's going to go next they do a great job of just showing fear about what it could be like mm. even rafi no rios rios says something about concerns about the future right like was it rios one of the characters kind of towards the end is like are we sure you know this is dangerous. Like she's mm. dangerous. Yeah. Oh, and Picard at the end, he's just like, we've all made her do it our way. Let's let her do it her way. Yeah. Like, yeah we have, that's good. We have no other options at the minute. Let's just go. Let's do it. I mean, they could try to kill her. I guess we know uh, that phasers can just take her out. <laughs> yep. Nope. Let's not do that. <laughs> um, Picard, those aren't your phasers. Um, <laughs> this is fun- not your fucking ship why are you in the captain's seat that was a fun oh, moment too right but he's just like i i don't I, know how this works i don't know how to do this <laughs> i totally thought it was going to be a badass moment of he takes control and is like he mm-hmm. barely knew how to fly the enterprise let alone whatever this ship is so funny it was so, so great good. i loved that i love it and i do love that they don't let picard have those moments just for the sake of it like he has mm-hmm. to earn them um, like you can almost feel the audience just taking a deep breath and leaning forward like it so. here it goes here we Do go oh yeah. okay that's fine yeah that makes no, sense that's cool <laughs> um so a good place to wrap up is that picard demands something and actually gets it this time when he meets with uh admiral clancy and he's just arguing and arguing and arguing and she's just like will you shut the fuck up long enough for me to say i agree with you <laughs> 
She doesn't actually say she agrees. She just says, I'm sending ships. Yeah, I have <laughs> like, no choice. I will send you some ships. But he is so smug. It's like, meow, I told you there was a big problem. Yeah, but you brought her no evidence, asshole. Like, come on. <laughs> what did you expect yeah. her to do? Yeah, it's good. It's it's a fun little back and forth. Mm. It was a relief for me because it was like, we don't have to have another argument. Let's just send the ships. Mm-hmm. And Rafi is doing something similar in this one, too, where she's like, I told you so. Like, she starts off the episode when when, when Picard gets back to the ship and she <laughs> comes in yes. and she says, Agnes was a spy. Soji's questionable. Mm. I told you so. So there's like some I told you so moments in this one, which. Yeah. Just this, this episode had a lot of really, it was a lot of character talking to each other mm-hmm. instead of this compartmentalized conversations over here because someone's on this planet and someone's in this yeah. ship. It was a really kind of coming together of the group. And it's even kind of winked at with Agnes saying like, this is the closest I've come to a crew and I fucked it up. Yeah. But they're still a crew. They're still, a crew. They're still, they're together, still together. And they're, and they're not going to deep now. space nope. to turn themselves in. So we'll see how that turns out. Mm-hmm. We will indeed. Um, See, so yeah, and the episode ends with them um, opening up a Borg slip, no Borg slipstream, a Borg transwarp tunnel, which is going to zap them straight to ho- um, Soji's planet with a little stowaway in the oh. wake of Lassery. <gasps> um, how fun was it to see that? Like that, uh, I like when they showed the vi- the visual of this whatever they're flying through. Oh, it's basically a big wormhole. Yeah, wormhole thing. So it cool. looked really pretty, and I so love pretty. when they get to play with that stuff. Yeah, they do. The new shows in particular do like warp effects, warp graphics, stuff in space so, so well. It still feels Star so Trek, pretty. but it still feels updated. So yeah. pretty. I was happy to see it, and I was also, I don't, you probably noticed the visual, but going into this planet world, and then the little stowaway jumping in, which is, I assume, uh, Nark, Nark, who has he who figured out where they were going and then just kind of hung out waiting for them to show up so that he could also show up. Mm-hmm. Um, I it, it was it looked like an eye. Did you notice that? Oh, I didn't. Like when they went through the hole, the it just looked like the coloring of our eyes. Oh, cool. Yeah, it was really kind of symbolic in that way. Oh, being spied upon. Yeah, that's good shit. Wouldn't surprise me. Well, that and the intro, because in the intro to the show, it's all like going through the eyes. It's mm-hmm. all very eye centered yeah. with the iris and kind of just all the d- the details of just what we see in creation things like mm-hmm. that so i thought that was really beautiful symbolism and hopefully intentional or i'm reading into things <laughs> which happens all the time oh well i never read into things enough so between us it's probably somewhere in the middle <laughs> <laughs> we haven't really mentioned too much of picard other than him talking to clancy but he does get a nice moment with soji and a bit of catharsis where they get to talk about data and what he was like and, and no. hmm, the kind of that relationship was so that they sweet. had. So sweet. So emotional you know, as well. It's good because we haven't seen, I mean, we have a little bit, but this was an actual scene where Picard got to kind of be Picard. Mm-hmm. Where Picard I guess I should remember. say where Sir Patrick got to be Picard and it wasn't yeah. interrupted by something and there wasn't mm-hmm. like an emergency happening. They're just chilling, eating, and we have a second to just sit down and see him talk to someone in the safety of this scene. And yeah. so it kind of was like, oh, I can relax a little bit and and hear how he is going to talk to Picard. And based on the previous episode, we know that Soji is trying to find a way to connect to him. And so to do it through data was so emotional. Yeah. And 
to hear him say like that he also struggles with emotion was really oh, powerful. That was so good. When she's like, did you love him? And he's like, I, yes, because he does struggle with emotions and getting close to people. It's just how he I was I thought raised. he was going to be like, yeah, I loved him a lot. But instead he's, he's thinking about what love means, you know, yeah. and love is so complex. And I mm-hmm. feel like he does love data, obviously. Of course in a way but for picard to not know how to answer that shows that he has a disconnection to emotion or even Mm -hmm. trying to figure out how to connect to love which is fantastic yeah and then then she asks if if data were to say something about you like how do you hope that data would talk about you and picard lists all of these things that he would hope someone would feel about him i almost started crying in that scene because those are such beautiful attributes. I wish I would have written them down. Mm-hmm. Like I would have just turned off the part of me that was loving it and just started typing super fast because, yeah. and I want to go back and watch it. I want to be that for people too. Like, of course. That was like the writer saying, here are all of the archetype core values of this Picard character. Mm-hmm. And it was like they were saying out loud all of the reasons that I love him so mm-hmm. much in this scene. And I like I fucking want to print that shit on a poster and yes. put it up on my wall or something. It and was like words to live by. They really are like my the this the last two bits that are really powerful to me, and it's that I'll always be somebody that's there to help you when you need it, and when you don't, I'll back off and let you get on with it. And that is right? Picard oh. all the way. He he lets people make be mistakes themselves. and yeah. is then there to give them the the kind of the the lesson and the the shoulder at the end to help them out. But he knows that people need to be their own people, make their own mistakes. Mm-hmm. He's never preachy. He's almost a reluctant leader sometimes because mm-hmm. he wants people to forge their own path. But And he's so modest with it as well. Um, but yeah, you're right. It's the, the stuff that he's talking about is how how you'd hopefully want to want your children to see you, how the people that work for you see you. Um, they are just good words to live by. So yeah, it's a beautiful scene. It was one of those, as a fan of Picard, the reason that I'm doing this podcast with you is because mm-hmm. like, if there's one thing to bring you back to the table to Star Trek, for me personally, it's the character Picard. And I'm listening to him and I'm like, do I value these things in my life because I watched you so much growing up? Like, you know what mm-hmm. I mean? It's sort of like, oh, I know I do. For whoa, a, a okay. Certain- you know, sure, my parents showed me great values too, but also you, Picard. <laughs> uh-huh. Honestly, I love you. Like my entire um, retail management career is based on <laughs> Picard's school of management. Like honestly, I'm not even oh, joking shit. or exaggerating. Like I oh picture my myself being Picard when I'm in charge of people. Like he's the kind of leader that I that I want to be. Um and it's great when you can pull something like that from a work of fiction, a work of entertainment. It's why we do yeah. the job we do. One more thing I just want to say really quickly before we move on is um, there was a moment when Soji said he loved you. Mm. And to see the emotion in this elder Picard like just wash over oh. him where he kind of, <laughs> oh, man. Oof. If I was having struggles with my emotions, loving what he was saying in the scene yeah. so much, and then to see him get emotional, I was like, no, no. I'm not ready. I'm live. I'm being recorded. People cannot see this. <laughs> Kill it. Yeah, it's great. There was some, they've really taken their time with, with these episodes. And so much of it is about giving Picard the moments with Data that he didn't get because they killed him off so quickly in Nemesis. Like Data, the character they didn't get deserved a, moment, yeah. a better send-off. And 
just all of the conversations they've had throughout the next generation for all of it to kind of come to nothing when he just gets blown up was a was a massive kick and it was played for emotions rather than or a shock rather than anything meaningful so there's a lot of fixing that um and i i think they fix it really well okay with that it is time to head to engineering for this instance is futile warning warp core collapse in 10 seconds This is the part of the show where we re-engage our sin brains, remind ourselves that no TV show is without sin, even our beloved Star Trek. So, Danae, you first. Okay, um, I'm going to start with, I'll just kind of go over here. When Rafi goes and finally finds Rios, Mm -hmm. she walks into his his room Mm -hmm. and she goes to the replicator Mm -hmm. and she gets a coffee for him. Mm -hmm. Why wouldn't she get wine for herself? Now, I understand that we're trying to... I did too. And I was yeah. like, oh, she has a replicator. She's been struggling with drinking. Uh-huh. She can't do that in her own space, but certainly she could do it in somebody else's space. Mm-hmm. And maybe it's like character growth because she knows I that alcohol so. is bad for her. And uh-huh. sure. I'm s- but I was like, what? You're not even going to have like a little a like celebratory one. Just a little shot of wine. You know, nothing. Yeah. I, don't I know. think as soon as, as soon as she realizes <sighs> why, <sighs> as soon as she wants it and doesn't need it, she's okay to not have it. When she yeah. needs it and can't have it, then she has to have it. Like mm-hmm. she's the reason she's been drinking is to to help sort out why every day ends with disappointment. Of I don't mm. know anything more about this conspiracy, but now she knows that there is an answer to the conspiracy. So oh, that's interesting. She doesn't yeah. need the I alcohol anymore. This is the closest she's got to a resolution. But yeah, I was expecting her to go for wine as well. But I love that she bought him coffee, just like he bought her coffee. There's so, so much there that we haven't discovered between their relationship that, and when he when she calls him babe, like oh, I'm so sorry, babe. It's so sweet. It's so genuine. Cute. It feels genuine. Mm-hmm. There's Just, still a chance in my mind that Rafi might be like nuts enough to not be genuine, but I think that that she actually is. I, I really liked her character in this episode. So. Yeah, so so much improvement. I am gonna just hit hit it straight away. The biggest sin of the entire season, the entire series for me, is the wasted Borg. I was so friggin' excited to see Seven of Nine get plugged in. You see all of the Borg in the alcoves, and I'm like, we're going to get some stomping Borg, and we're going to have like a legion of them just walking around the Borg cube, assimilating Romulans, kicking all of the butt. Nope. And my dreams and excitement were literally vented into space through an open door. They all leave. It is such, I get it, the budget would have been out of the window. And I guarantee they had to choose between this scene or that scene. And they chose a different scene instead. And I can probably tell you which scene it is. But it was so disappointing for me to go through the build-up of getting Seven plugged back in. And we don't get to see anything come of it the romulans beam away seven of nine has some xbs and a borg ship yeah big sin not inconsistent just frustrating (laughs) my sin on that one is they're like on the balcony uh the the narcissistic sister yeah 
um, and her commander or whatever. And they're like standing there and the, the, the airlock opens and all the Borg start to go out. And it's like, wait, are you guys behind a force field or something? Oh, like, how are be. you also not being sucked out? I I wonder, too, if they just didn't do it because they didn't want to show a whole bunch of enslavement. Like, that's just a lot mm-hmm. to be saying that they were all against and then to bring it back in and... But hey, suicide's it, it, great. Was a, it, it wasn't easy. Yeah. It wasn't easy out, literally. Out. Yeah. Out. And they're just it's flinging so out easy. in space. It's kind of like, uh, yeah, how do we how do we close Pandora's box after we've let the ball cube out of the yeah, box? Uh, I yeah, get it. I can but, understand that. Man, it frustrated me. One of my big sins was um, Elnor hugging seven of nine. What the fuck? <laughs> Yeah, just relief. Okay, when I guess. did when did Elnor get so huggy? Number one and uh-huh. number two, what kind of personality do you feel like Seven is giving off that she's someone who likes to be touched that way? Nope. <laughs> like, this lady that's gone wow. through extreme trauma and violated in so many ways. Let's not hug her. And she comes in. She's like, "Where's Hugh? How does she not know that Ra- that Elnor didn't do something to like? They don't have any real history together, no, except isn't. for like a. So why wasn't she not suspicious of Elnor as well? They didn't have a conversation mm. about that. It's just like I know that I'm here to rescue someone, and it it's was a, a little bit. Pairing. It, it's it a was very, a little bit odd pairing. to me. Yeah. Um. I man, it baffles me. Emil, the um, the Doctor hologram is only now sharing the fact that Agnes killed Maddox turned him off. and turned him off. Like, he's been switched on since then. I I just don't understand how that isn't explained and how that that happens. Yeah. I just, that baffles me. Like, that is we such a about key it. plot point. Yeah, we talked about it when it happened. Mm. Like, if this isn't captured on a camera somewhere and talked about, this is a I big, big problem. so, so and much. I saw you. Yeah, and I, I was like, oh, this isn't ever yeah, really going to be Yeah, this get resolved, yeah. does it? Yeah. Huge sin. Totally Huge sin. agree. Massive. Um, I also, like, regarding Agnes, I like how the line is just like, I'm done murdering people, so that's a good thing. And then we're just moving on. <laughs> Second biggest sin was... Agnes saying, well, I would never kill you now that I've met you. I was like, this was never a choice. Like, this says one of two things. You chose to kill Maddox and didn't have to, which means you're going to jail. Or Mm -hmm. you can now just suddenly undo the brainwashing because of fuzzy feelings. Like, that would be sin Huge sin for me. I wrote it. Yeah. I wrote it as well. She says, "Now that I've met you, I wouldn't do it." And I wrote, "But you would kill Maddox. So how does option? this matter? How does this matter? How like you this saying that means choice? nothing to us. Just because you're seeing exactly. your creation doesn't mean nope. that you wouldn't do it. No, it's um, magic fairy thinking. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. What else? Do you have anything else for sinning? Uh, oh yeah, it's my turn, isn't it? Um, convenient psychic block is convenient. This is on. Uh-huh, this is with yes. Agnes. Um, oh, oh, and an awareness a... of it as well. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, exactly. It's like, oh no, I'm not allowed to talk about it because of a psychic block that you can now ignore. Like, I. Oh my! <laughs> when she goes, I don't want to talk about it. I was like, man, I relate to that. Yeah. Like when someone's like kind of pressing in on an emotional <laughs> thing, you're like, I don't want to fucking talk about. <laughs> Danae, how do you feel about this? Oh, I don't want. Talk about this. Okay, moving on. Uh-huh. I'm like, um, guys, I have a psychic block. Okay. I yes. Oh my gosh. Do it. Yeah. Romulan gave me a psychic block. Um, your turn. Oh, I feel like one of the big ones for me is Elnor. Um, when when he is found by Seven, he says Picard released me, and mm-hmm. I found a a different lost cause. Yeah. And I really feel like this brings into question the entire idea of giving your sword to a cause mm-hmm. that you will abandon for a worse lost cause meaning that the previous lost cause is even worse off 
because you left it. <laughs> yes. So then you get you then like in this sort of loop of <laughs> because you left this cause, it is now even more lost. Yep. So to me, it's like, yeah, even he was also, Picard was like releasing him in a lot of ways already. So it's mm-hmm. like, it was total plot convenience that he oh, totally. went to the Borg cube in the first place. Um, it quote unquote gives us a reason to go back to the scene multiple times. Mm-hmm. And I understand why they're doing that, but it to, for me, it called into question the validity of their entire like mantra, their, their whole yeah. religion of staying with a lost cause until it is fully lost mm-hmm. or whatever. And to be honest, know, like that Hugh's, was weird. Hugh wasn't a lost cause. He had all the power. He had the XPs. He had his position of diplomatic yeah. immunity. He could have turned on all the Borg. He wasn't a yeah, lost he cause. He was fine. It's only when Narissa pops up and there's some loophole, but he didn't know that. Uh, yeah, I totally so. agree. The, the idea that there's always somebody worse off, it must be, it must drive them crazy. Because it's like, yeah. well, why is this my lost cause? There's got to be somebody that's worse off. Yep, I agree with that. Um, my last one was, man, does this Zatvash plan rely on Commodore O getting into position? Oh my goodness. So this half Romulan, half Vulcan gets put into Starfleet, rises through the ranks. There's only one head of security in the, the in the whole of Starfleet. Like, you've got to be so lucky that the position comes available. And I'm sure there's things where they assassinated people and oh, sure, blackmailed right? people and maneuvered things. But, man, there has got to be an easy way of doing this than a 30-year plan. <laughs> Jesus. I know the Romulans are complicated, but what were you doing between now and then? I don't know. And there's got That's to be easier question. ways to have, to have killed Data as well, because 30 years ago, the only threat was Data. So... Just fucking blow mm. him up. Oh, don't talk about data that way. No, I'm That's yeah. That's awful. Babs, go away. You know nothing about data. <laughs> I love how the audience has no fucking clue what Babs means. Somebody will. We'll have to explain uh-huh. it in the outtakes. We'll explain it in the outtakes. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's it for me on Resistance is Futile. Nice. Okay, let's head to the final stop, which is the Captain's Ready Room. Welcome to the Captain's Ready Room, where we hear our ambassador's predictions for the rest of the season, the season finale, and bask in her cue-like glory if anything she's predi- previously predicted has come true. So, you didn't guess the Rios thing, which was... I mean, how could you not? Well, you kn- how you could told you not me. guess You told that? me already. Yeah, you were never going to guess that. That's- you... You uh, you let me know that it wasn't true, although you wish it would I have been. I wish my go- if he had been his own captain and was the the holograms all along saw himself Jeepers die. Creepers. That would have been and they really all coalesced into like one big Rios hologram that was just like bulky. Yeah, no. Sad no, times. but it was nice to put that one to rest because I've kind of been waiting to see when that was mm-hmm. going to come up. You know. Yeah, so. for sure. So, um, what did you... I also wasn't right about the prediction of this episode being about getting to home planet and seeing the pieces of Soji. Exactly. This was about the pieces of the crew mm-hmm. and the pieces, specifically of Rios, I think, with all the different yeah. parts of his personality. He was a big missing part of the puzzle. Um, yeah, for yep. sure. So, um, I think the big thing is where what are they going to find on Soji's home planet? And I think previously you've said it's... Um, yeah, do you still think it's going to be this nest of AI and synthetic life forms? How I think what I'll lock into, how many do you think there are going to be there? Are we talking like there's two left on the slab? There's a planet full of them? There's 15? How many do you think? I think it's going to be pretty bare, um, but I feel like the programming is going to be there. I don't know if it's going to be actual 
beings or if it's going to be like the program that would run the infrastructure of their body. I feel like it. it's either one or the other. There's either going to be a lot or there's going to be hardly any. I don't, I, I'm not, I'm not exactly sure. Um, mm. Now that I know that there's been four, I find that to be very, very frustrating. Mm-hmm. Uh, I still can't get right, over it. This is really about bothered it you, hasn't it? It really bothers me. Yeah. Mostly because it's like, it takes the... Um, Uniqueness? Yeah. It, it takes the idea that there's two very valuable ones and it replaces it with there's two very replaceable ones yeah. that can be made again. And the only reason that they might not be able to be made again is that Maddox is dead, but I'm thinking he probably has like a backup plan to that. I just... um. I feel like we're headed into a big battle of some kind. We've got all the Romulan ships headed to there, uh-huh. to that direction. We've got all the Starfleet headed to that direction. I think we've got a Borg cube headed in that direction. <laughs> um, so, which is one of my predictions is that she uses that as a ship and she's like, let's fucking go. Let's go. Um, let's I get could it. be wrong about that. Mm-hmm. She might just jump back in her little bitty ship, which by the way, she was supposed to be given one after hers is gone. How did she get off of oh, that previous knows. place, by the way? How did she get to just the Borg cube? Just thought about that. A good thing she wasn't mid-mission. She gets there within like minutes. She was shooting herself out of that of a free cloud last time we saw uh-huh. her. I guess we're just skipping all of that. That's a huge yeah. sin that I totally just thought about that I missed in Resistance's futile. But anyway, so mm-hmm. I feel like we're going towards this planet where there's going to be a big battle for the value of synthetic life. Mm-hmm. And um, I, I, in my imagination, I either see like like a Matrix style big sort of central computer mm-hmm. sort of a thing or i see a few androids kind of walking around that are like still like partial but not like bit fully lost, able yeah um but i don't think that there's enough resources to make an army of of synth like human looking synths mm. i could be wrong about that but i just don't i don't know i see something smaller that's that's my instinct is something smaller. it is noted in the log um, I think that's probably it. We've kind of got Rafi wrapped up. I think Rafi is still going to have her moment when the, the theories are all known. Starfleet's going to show up and be able to not avoid the fact that, quote unquote, she was right. I just so imagine there's be a redemption like, story there. Stumbling onto the bridge saying, I fucking told you in your I'm face. I'm still going to be shocked if her son doesn't show up now. And if not now, he should be in another season because I don't know why they'd give him screen time. Mm-hmm. Like for that, I, I could be completely fucking wrong as usual. No, he's um, been great with the predictions. Albert was shocked. I do feel like also if they wanted to do something with the Queen Borg, kind of mentioned it during the show proper, so I won't spend a lot of time on it, but I feel like there might be a wink and nod to Borg because of the way that it said Annika still has work to do. Mm-hmm. And there's like a separation of hive mind and individual. Oh, for sure. I don't know if it was just in one cube or if there was a link to Queen and I'm really curious Ooh, about that. Interesting. Yeah. I like that. We, we will stick it in the prediction oh, log. Something else that stood, stood out to me, and this mm-hmm. might be something you could answer for me. Uh, when Soji was talking about um, towards the end, she's like, when I saw, when I heard about what happened to my brother and my sister on that particular mm-hmm. ship. Yeah. On, and I was like, wait, wait, what brother? Oh, so they were twins, but it was a male and a female. So you know the doodle that um, um, Rios had? That was had. a guy. I thought it was two women. No, it was a, a woman and a, a man and a woman. I did not pick that up. That's what they were. Yeah. So the man called himself Flower. Um. Yes, a beautiful flower or something like that. Mm-hmm. Um. Yep. And she was Jana or whatever. Yeah. Okay. It's a weird one. It's weird. I didn't. It's weird for me to have missed that, but I also 
uh, was writing an email at one point in time. That's fair. Sorry about that. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I'm just happy you enjoyed the enjoyed the episode because this was this was exposition heavy again, but satisfying because yeah, instead of setting but- up mysteries, it's closing loops. Yeah, it's doing both. Instead yeah. of it all being set up, there's like a balance to both. Totally. Cool. Well, um, we have two episodes left. Um, the, the finale, episodes nine and ten, is a two-parter. Yeah. Thanks for listening, everyone. It's Resistance is Futile from me and from Ambassador Danae. Uh, um, it's computer peppermint ice cream and <laughs> french fries. And it's peppermint ice cream and french fries from Danae. We will see you next week for episode 9. Live long and podsper. Thanks for listening. Want to connect with the show? Our hailing frequencies are always open through captainspod at cinemasins.com. Like, comment, and subscribe on your podcast player of choice, and be sure to visit cinemasins.com. What are you What are you eating, though? Candy. Oh, candy. What kind of candy? I'm eating candy. It's um, sour candy. It's like... um. Like their little fizzy fizzy bottles. This one kind t- of t- tastes like bubble gum. Aren't the fizz- aren't the bottles just wax? Or am I thinking of like American candy? Why are you eating candles? <laughs> this is my question every time I see wax candy in Halloween candies. Right. What do you mean by wax candy? Well, it's like a little bottle, and you bite the top off of it because it's made of wax, and then you can pour the liquid oh, into your the mouth. Ju- no, 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 no. This is like this is. They're just bottle shaped. It's sour. It's bottle shaped. And oh, okay, okay. It has okay. like a pink top and a blue bottom. You know, if we were, that's a huge bottle. I, I couldn't I, tell when you held it up to the camera. I was like, you can't see. You know, you can't understand. Yeah, that's huge. That, are you what? Of course, I don't eat a lot of candy. I maybe that's like an inch. That's like two inches big. That's a that's yeah. a big. <laughs> no, uh, it's two inches. Quite impressive for you, today. <laughs> <laughs> for candy yes <laughs> yeah <laughs> there's these moments when you realize that if you were to hang out with somebody in person that you would be like good uh, candy partners like you could eat those i wouldn't touch them oh yeah because you, you need you, to like different candy like if you both yeah. like the same then you just end up arguing or you have to share no not sh- what no or you, I mean, you can share. That's an option. Well, no. Nope. But it's uncomfortable because nope. you want them all. No, I don't want to share. I'm not sharing. Would you not share with me? Fuck. <gasps> heck no. <laughs> <laughs> how are you, didn't I? No, 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 no. Before you ask me no, how no, I no, am. No, no, no. Okay. I need to know <laughs> what what candy you don't eat. Like, if, if I was... Because then, then I know mm-hmm. what we're going to... If we go on a road trip, what the snacks are. You get the sour okay. candies. I won't touch those. Oh, man. But sour what won't is so you touch? Good. Um, really hard candies. Like you know, when we went to Silver Dollar City and had like the taffy toffee stuff, it gets stuck in your teeth. No, not for me. Great, I love watching it being made and melted and jacked around. But I just you handed me so much, and I was like, I'm gonna eat it. I'm gonna hate it. <laughs> <laughs> you don't have to eat what you know you're gonna hate. That's silly. Of course you do. No, you don't. Of course, you, it was free. Of course, you have to eat it. You don't. Ha- what? That is insane. You do not have to eat free stuff. Uh, are you? Did you listen to the words that just came out of your mouth? You don't have to eat. Of course you do. It's free. No. That's the best part of it. You haven't had to pay. Well, we had to pay ninety dollars to get in there, but okay. Free let, me, free. let me just let me just make sure I understand what you're saying, Ian. Yes. Because I? it's free. 
Yes. A free sample of taffy that was just made in front of your yeah. very eyes. Yeah. You, knowing you're going to hate it, yeah. you still eat it. It's free. How can you and waste then it? Free you food. blame me for handing it to you. Well, yeah. <laughs> Do you ever take responsibility for your own actions? Is my next question. Why should I? All right. Cool. There's no, other yeah, people this is for good. That. This podcast is really good for me. It really this teaches me a lot about you. Mm-hmm. Yeah, 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 yeah. You remember when I was like, I'm so excited to hire Ian. No, I didn't ask to. No, I absolutely did ask to be hired. Yes, wow. I did. Everything <laughs> wow. is someone else. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> this is our relationship. It's just <laughs> constant arguing. And then bringing in Albie to try and solve the problems. Oh and he's God. like, I'm Why not interested. Like listening to us. We're awful. We are. You are. Especially. <laughs> <laughs> what's that is that like a soy milk half oak tree beard l- latte with mm. caramel yeah. um essence of caffeine dew drops i like how you think a- i want to talk to you anymore <laughs> <laughs> i like that that's fun oh you're not gonna talk to me okay i'm thinking oh, you're thinking okay Jesus. right i didn't recognize that face <laughs> all right you know what we're just gonna restart <laughs> He can't hear me because I've muted him. So this will be the first time that Ian hears this because it's on the audio. I wonder if he, you wonder how long, you know, he's just eating candy. He gives no fucks. (laughs) He's just sitting there like chewing his candy. Like, when is she coming back? This is frustrating. I regret everything. He doesn't regret anything. Amazing. I'm going to eat some more pretzels. Okay. Would you like some? Nope. You really did eat more food. (laughs) No. (laughs) I can see you. (laughs) (laughs) I feel like I'm being punished for all the times I've trolled Aaron. I have an open com channel with Aaron. And he's telling me things to do. He's like, oh, yeah, just one time, 2014, she just kept eating pretzels for the entire show. Wow. I don't remember that. He does. (laughs) No, so episode of the week. What are we? Episode eight, right? No, I mean, like, we need to make up an adventure. Oh, okay. Can it involve Taffy? Um, If you want me to have no part in it, then yes. Perfect. So there is a, a new candy that's been introduced to the crew. Um... And Data, for some reason, tries it first, because if it's harmful, it he'll he be fine. He wants to know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he wants to know. And yeah. biologically, he could, he would be okay. But it wells his teeth together, so he can't talk. <laughs> this is going to be one of the throwaway episodes that's just a bit a bit funny. Yeah, the best part of it is like it's also a ventriloquist episode, because uh, <laughs> he doesn't actually need his mouth to talk. <laughs> he probably has speakers someplace else on his person, oh so... Like gills would grow from like yes. gillyweed or something. His 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 throat area just sort of creates a secondary mouth, and so for the entire episode, it's just like this really awkwardness where his his human mouth is welded together with this taffy, uh, but his throat mouth isn't, and so nice. it's like the crew is uncomfortable on multiple levels. What a great like acting prompt, you know? Like this oh, it'd be week. Great. You have to emote with your mouth shut the mm-hmm. whole time. Just and with then your we're eyes. Going to, but they wouldn't be able to do CGI if it's like TNG days. So no, definitely not. So it would be a really awkward animatronic like <laughs> mouth 
<laughs> or they would just do a speaker. A speaker well, would be better. That would work, because otherwise what you've done is you've got a human, dressed him up to be a robot, so that he can then be replaced with an actual robot. <laughs> yeah, that's great. Great. I love mm-hmm. it. Mm-hmm. Is that Meanwhile, the entire episode? <laughs> no, 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 no. Because there's something about this taffy that's really strange. Like, why did it melt his mouth shut? It wasn't mm-hmm. like maybe it wasn't intentional. Um, maybe like if it's if it's a material that is uh, dissolved into metal, it has mm-hmm. a different reaction than biological, like than different matter. And it, um, but there's something about it. It's either sentient somehow. Right? Mm. Or it's something that was designed to be eaten <gasps> for purpose. Oh, what if the irony, the kicker here is that it was actually specifically designed to inconvenience AI and androids. So while Data thinks he's protecting the crew, the only person it was ever dangerous. <clears throat> yeah, you you know what you know why you're having trouble talking? Yes. You know why? Because I'm eating. Because you're consuming so much food. Um, <laughs> um, 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 um. You're like you're like the cookie monster, but with sour gummies. I have some pretzels as well that I'm now going to eat oh, instead. Perfect. perfect, yes. The crunchiness of that will be wonderful to hear. I love it. Sorry, you were saying? Yes. So he's at- Yeah, please <laughs> fucking chew. I'm really salty. <laughs> Can, you- <laughs> Can you stop? Wow. Can you stop? Can you just stop eating? What is in <laughs> <laughs> serves you right. Yes, yeah, so, and so Data thought he was being safe and helping the crew out, but actually the crew would have been fine, and somebody knew mm. that Data would take that risk, so it was just to fuck with him. Maybe okay, it's a, his twin. I have a twist. Mm-hmm. I have a twist. Mm-hmm. So what if it enhances a going? fear, okay. or it enhances something? So like his mouth isn't actually shut, he just thinks it is. Oh, it's psychosomatic. So for humans, like something becomes real that's not, that doesn't really matter. Like they think that they are dressed like a cowboy, but they're not. (laughs) Just something really weird where the whole Uh time everyone's trying to figure out. I don't know. I I just like the (laughs) idea of this. Just like cowboys. But like some people just think that they can't walk forward. So they're just standing (laughs) still the entire time. Or they have to walk backwards everywhere (laughs) they go. Picard like forgets all of his commands. So he's like, set a course for somewhere and. What's the it's thing something about the mobility of okay. their person. Mm-hmm. So, like, Data's is his the mobility of his mouth changes. Oh, Picard wouldn't be able to do like the shirt pull down that he does. He couldn't he do it anymore. His shirt is always so it's wrinkled. just slowly bunching up to his neck the <laughs> yes. whole episode, just slowly yes. like. <laughs> Riker is unable to mount chairs in the way that he mounts chairs. He has to sit down normally, and it just fucks with him. It fucks with him the whole time. Self-esteem is just um, shattered because that's how he dominates things. Yes. Everyone has to change how they interact with the uh, the consoles that are in front of them. Yep. So Wolf can only suddenly use his nose. They're all left and <laughs> oh, Left and right. They just switch. Fire. Yeah. <laughs> Launch the tractor beam. And he fires phasers instead. <laughs> it's just the... Oh, no. uh, okay. So what was the purpose of all of that? Uh, there's a there's a planet that produces this really interesting uh, drug that was put into this candy and sent out as a joke, um, but it was accidentally intercepted, mm-hmm. and and, the and they couldn't resist it. And they have to mm-hmm. find this planet to get the cure because they have they are there's always got to be some time element to it. So maybe they're trying to okay. deliver a vaccine to a planet. They accidentally pick up the space taffy. And now it's derailed them completely and they have completely. to go to 
the yeah. planet where the taffy comes from to find the cure so they can get this vaccine. Eventually, these things will wear off just in time, but they don't have enough time. They have to have it wear mm-hmm. off instantly. So they need to get to the planet quickly to get the cure yes. so that they can solve this, so they can continue on with their mission. Uh, yeah, they land and there's like a whole botany situation where they're learning about like the local <laughs> plants, flora and uh-huh. fauna. Mm-hmm. But what yeah. if the cure all along is something they already had access to? That's got to be the stinger, is that yeah, they, they already had it. It, it was love. It was love all maybe along. it's just a like a violent shock or like a slap to the face. So then you just have the entire crew slapping each other. <laughs> yeah, maybe like a pain. It's a pain receptor thing. Uh-huh. Like they have to have like a, a certain threshold of pain. It's not does, not too much. Doesn't matter. Yeah. And they figure this out because people like fall down and hurt themselves or something, oh, and they're fine. Oh, or maybe Beverly gets so frustrated she turns around and slaps Picard, and in reaction he pulls his shirt down. He's like. He's I like, can do oh, it. Fine. <gasps> slap me again. <laughs> Watching everyone slap each other is interesting, but you know it would actually be some sort of a pulse. It would be like yeah. one of those pulses. It'd be a wave. Or everyone has to go to the um engine room and like just in in yeah, in engineering and just in like inhale the steam that's always coming out of that room. <laughs> the yeah, the warp core famous for being <laughs> run on steam. Yeah. Well, there's always like steam coming out of it. There's always, there's a, always coolant like, yeah. a coolant leak. Yeah, coolant. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Very true. So it's like a coolant leak. You have to inhale the coolant leak. <laughs> oh, Engineering is the only one that does it because there's always yep. a fucking coolant leak somewhere. Coolant leak. <laughs> Jordy will just be rolling around everywhere. He's because fine that's the what whole he does. time. He's like, I yeah. don't have this problem, guys. What's going on? It's oh, because he's it. just constantly exposed. Yes, somebody has an immunity from the beginning. That's always the key. <laughs> and yeah, when they test his blood, it's like, wow. You have a lot of coolant in your blood. You were like 80% coolant. <laughs> Great for this occasion, but you need medical help for the rest of your life. <laughs> and there's our episode. There we go. Captain's Pod, start at 127202.7. You're just there shaking your head and laughing. It's not going to work. I'm sorry. Go on, go on, Captain. Captain's Pod, Stardate 127202.7. Hello and point welcome seven. aboard it's the Star... 0.7 every time, Captain. Why? Um, Why is it 0.7 oh, every wait. time? Hang on, I actually have... I preempted it. I There we go. Okay. E- Captain's Pod, Stardate 127202.6. Hello and what? welcome no, aboard no, no, no. the Starship... Wait, 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 wait. Why what? is it 0.7 multiple times and now it's 0.6? Because I was actually incorrect with my 0.7. <gasps> oh, shit. The mystery continues. Mm-hmm. What is the algorithm? Go- Sorry, go Special ahead. Special prize for the for the star date guessing. Wow! 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 Oh yeah. Okay, so we're gonna go the entire time on the outtakes, and you're never gonna talk about me, Babs. What do I do? I'm mad at you no more. <laughs>